people would always say, hey, leave your problems at home. Leave everything personal at the door. But with something like this, you can't ask people to just leave it all at the door and not feel like they're not going to have their personal lives spill over into their work lives. So my point around that is ask people about what's going on in their communities. Ask people about how they're feeling and how they're managing about the things that they're seeing, the things that are happening in the world right now, because that does impact people's performance. That does impact their engagement. So you as a leader have to be skilled enough and knowledgeable enough about what's going on, but also you have to be courageous enough to be willing to put yourself out there and say, you know what, I may not like what I'm going to hear, or it may be tough to bring up some of these topics, but I truly do want to learn and understand. I want to listen to understand and not try to solve world peace right now, but it's really about how can I understand different backgrounds and the challenges that various marginalized communities are dealing with because those things do spill over. Welcome to CEO on the Go, the show about personal and professional growth for busy leaders like you. I'm Gail Lance, and I'm here to help you think differently, solve big problems, and inspire change. It's tough to do on your own and even with a team, but it is possible. So let's get started. Welcome to this special episode featuring someone I've enjoyed getting to know who's clearly doing work that matters. Lanitra King is on a mission to serve underrepresented leaders globally with tools and resources for transformational career and leadership success. She served in senior executive roles in healthcare over the years and most recently launched her own business called Watch Me Excel. She's based in Fort Worth, Texas. Lanitra frequently talks about disrupting norms related to workplace culture, employee dynamics, and organizational politics, so it was only natural for us to connect. We covered a lot of ideas to help you create inclusive cultures and leadership equity. She emphasizes the importance of investing in ongoing professional development for C-suite executives, and I couldn't agree more. It's one of the reasons I do this weekly podcast. This episode is airing around Juneteenth, which is an especially appropriate time to be talking about leadership equity. However, as Lanitra explains, leaders should be talking about these issues consistently throughout the year. She has a lot of passion and actionable ideas to share. Enjoy my conversation with Lanitra King. Lanitra, welcome to CEO On The Go podcast. I'm so excited that we're finally able to have a conversation today. I know. Thank you so much, Gail. I am excited to be here and glad that we finally were able to figure it out how to make it work. Yeah, we've had this in the works for a while. And now that the timing is especially appropriate with Juneteenth right around the corner. So and, and we'll we'll talk about issues that are especially relevant um, in light of that. But um, I was just so impressed with with your background and, and the work that I know that you're doing. So I thought it would be helpful to talk about leadership equity and the driving force that I know that you have that that is leading to the work that you do. So why don't you start by just speaking to that? 
Oh, absolutely. So again, thank you so much for inviting me to be here for this very timely conversation. So the work that I do is quite simply this leadership equity. So I focus on two realms. It is helping organizations to understand why it's important to focus on leadership equity and then marrying that with leadership development, culture, all the things that you need to really have a high performance, not only leadership team, but also an organization where people want to be in an organization where people feel like they can do their life's best work. So for me personally, everything that I do is driven around how can we help organizations be inclusive, have a culture of belonging, but particularly while we're focusing on that leadership C-suite, senior leaders, emerging leaders, and helping more diverse and multicultural leaders get those opportunities. So that's really the driving force behind why I do the work that I do. And I will say one other thing around that is, you know, I spent my entire career in the healthcare industry and I was a senior leader for the last 15 years of my corporate career. So it's so important for organizations to have multicultural and diverse leaders because it's just a business imperative. So that's really my driving force behind why I do the work that I do. Yeah, I love how you're making the connection between leadership equity and health equity. Mm -hmm, Absolutely. Especially right now where there are so many conversations about racial disparities and ethnic disparities and what are we doing as communities to really combat those and address those disparities that continue to bring us down as a country in terms of our outcomes. So when you look at um, how we fare, especially against other countries, we spend so much money on healthcare, but our outcomes are not always equitable. And there are some clear, clear cases about disparities. So I put all of those together, leadership equity, health equity, the elimination of racial and ethnic disparities, because again, it's one of those things that as a country, we just have to take a stand on those things and be very intentional about our efforts around that. Yeah. And I know that one of the means to do that is creating a culture of belonging, um, and there are other other approaches, but that's so central to the work that I know is so important to do. So what are your thoughts on that? Because I know leaders, um, especially those that listen to this podcast and care about this issue, want to create a culture of belonging. So what would be some tips or actionable ideas for them to consider? So the one thing that I would start out with is saying this uh, for the people who are really interested in this topic. And I would hope that all of your CEOs are really interested in this topic right now. Um, but it's when I think about belonging, it's one of those things where I want organizations, CEOs, senior leaders to think about diversifying their leadership teams, but also think about the feeling that people have as they're diversifying their leadership teams. And so as an example, it's not enough for you to say, you know what, as I look around my team, I look around the C-suite, I look around my board and I see that we're very homogenous. So of course you want to bring in different people from different walks of life and different races and different backgrounds, different experiences. 
But when you do that in an organization where there may not have been a focus previously on opening up the aperture for opportunities, you also have to go a step further and really make sure that people feel like they belong, right? So what are those efforts? What are those strategies? What are those tactics that you can implement so that as you're recruiting more diverse leaders on your team, as you're recruiting more diverse associates to come into your organization, what are those things that you have to do to help people feel like, you know what, I am in a welcoming environment. I am in an inclusive environment that values and respects my differences. I am in a place where I feel like I can do my life's best work. And you're not just in an organization where they're checking off the boxes and doing the things that they think that they have to do to become more diverse but still are having to deal with some of the same uh, behaviors. Yeah. Well, how would you measure that? Or what would be some indicators? Because feeling is, is uh, sometimes hard to assess. I would assume there's some people who, who don't feel like they belong, and maybe they're more quiet or withdrawn or checked out. Um, or I don't, I don't know, sometimes they can be more vocal too. <laughs> so how would a leader assess how comfortable a person is in their environment and get a true, you know, true read on that? For me, that all starts with having some crucial conversations and it starts at the top with your senior leadership team and uh, and or your board. Um, but whomever uh, are the decision makers and those major stakeholders at the top of the organization, having those conversations with yourself about what type of organization do we want to be uh, when it comes to centering the conversation around inclusivity, around diversity, around belonging, figuring out where you are as an organization, what strategies have already been put in place, and then doing something very simple such as, and it, I'm saying that is simple, but it sometimes is a heavy lift to do this, have listening sessions with your leaders, have listening sessions with your associates who come from marginalized communities and ask them what they feel about some of the strategies that you've put in place or even where to start. Because as I always say, people who are closest to doing the work have really good ideas. Um, they have really good ideas about how to deliver the work, how to be innovative, how to be creative. So as you're asking them for feedback about how do you feel in this environment? How do you feel about some of the things that we may have implemented? You can get lots of really good, transparent, honest uh, feedback about how people are feeling about initiatives that you've put in place or initiatives that you haven't put in place if you don't know where to start. Uh, so I would definitely say start there. It's just having that conversation with your team, really assessing where you are currently and uh, getting some crucial feedback from your associates and understanding where they are, understanding some of their barriers, understanding some of their challenges. But it's so crucial for you to listen, ask questions, really understand where people are coming from and what they feel like they need in order for them to feel valued, respected, heard in your organization. Yeah. Could you share some examples of those questions or the the kind of the ideal tone that you want to set? Because I'm sure there's some people who might feel intimidated. I know of some leaders who've attempted to have those conversations and they might think things are okay, but now, you know, there's some evidence that they're not. Um, other leaders who may be newer in their role, who may not know how to, to address the, the team in the way that they need to? So are there some specific questions or is there an approach that you would recommend? My approach always is this. 
it is not the time for you to build a relationship when you want to ask some of these questions. So hopefully leaders will have done the work on the front end and prior to having these crucial conversations in terms of connecting and engaging with your leaders and with your associates. Because as you can imagine, as you said, people may be intimidated. It's a very tough topic to have to bring up. Um, especially if you're in large groups or even if you're in small groups, it's just very challenging to talk about it. But I feel that it is so important for you to have that connection early on, for you to have done the work, to have built the trust with your teams, for you to know them, for you to know them on a first name basis. I don't have specific questions, but I would say this, lean in to those conversations, lean into the questions and really show sincerity. And hopefully people feel your sincerity. They feel like, you know what, this person really does care about what I'm feeling, uh, the challenges that I might have in my environment, the challenges that I might have in my community. So asking questions about not only the workplace and the environment and some of the behaviors that they might be experiencing, but also asking people about their community, their background, their barriers. And the reason I say that, Gail, is because, you know, when I, and this is probably the same for you, you know, kind of growing up, going into your first and second and third roles, people would always say, hey, leave your problems at home, leave everything personal at the door. But with something like this, you can't ask people to just leave it all at the door and not feel like they're not going to have their personal lives spill over into their work lives. So my point around that is ask people about what's going on in their communities. Ask people about how they're feeling and how they're managing about the things that they're seeing, the things that are happening in the world right now, because that does impact people's performance. That does impact their engagement. So you as a leader have to be skilled enough and knowledgeable enough about what's going on, but also you have to be courageous enough to be willing to put yourself out there and say, you know what, I may not like what I'm going to hear, or it may be tough to bring up some of these topics, but I truly do want to learn and understand. I want to listen to understand and not try to solve world peace right now, but it's really about how can I understand different backgrounds and the challenges that various marginalized communities are dealing with because those things do spill over into the world. Yeah. So just opening up that conversation. Now, there, there, there are some organizations doing this well, and they even understand the business case. Uh, and others that may be kind of going through, as you mentioned, a check the box kind of approach. I'm curious to know how you would make the business case. What is it that you would say to a leader who probably needs to put a stronger emphasis on this, where they know that it's important, but they maybe haven't taken the action? How, how, would, you, how would you sell them on, on this kind of need? Yes. Well, absolutely. I would say if you just look at our census and our demographics and how we are shifting as a country, we're now more than 40% of our U.S. population identifies as a person of color. So when you think about it purely from the data perspective, you know, I'm one of those people who feels like everything has to uh, be driven around data. So what do the data tell us? 
So with that uh, in mind, knowing that more than 40% of the U.S. population identifies as a person of color, if you translate that to your organization, regardless of industry, whether that's healthcare, whether that's education, whether that's finance, then people want to feel like, one, they're working in an organization where the leadership team is reflective of the community. And also, I would even take it a step further where you want to ensure that your demographics in the workplace, you're reflective of that on your senior team, right? So that as you're looking at your community and the people that you serve, you want to be reflected there. And that should be your business case, right? Knowing where we are from a country and uh, knowing those census data points and also looking across your community, knowing that if you're in a community where you have diverse cultures that you're serving, you want a leadership team that is absolutely reflective of that. Um, Also, there's some additional research that says the more diverse your leadership team is, those organizations tend to outperform their competitors. So that's another strong business case, right? Um, They're more innovative. They're more creative. Their financial performance uh, tends to be better. So in my mind, those that's a clear business case in terms of why should we focus on diversifying our teams? Why should we focus on leadership equity? Why should we focus on these topics of advancing diversity, equity, and inclusion right now? Yeah, that's good. Because I know um, leaders, are they're all over the map. Some are saying, we've been talking about this for a long time, like, is, you know, as though it's kind of been a trend that needs to be going away now. But I, I really appreciate what you're sharing. A, a lot of the past episodes I've done recently have been along the theme of reinvention, organizational reinvention, leadership reinvention, personal reinvention, and it all has to do with looking at the trends and kind of where the world is going and making sure that you're designing your teams, your organization, even you as a leader, to step into that. So I think what you're talking about fits perfectly in line with that kind of thinking. Absolutely. And you're just evolving with the with the changing shifts of the workplace, right? Like you're not going to be successful as an organization if you're not continuously assessing who you are as a leader, assessing your leadership team and assessing the needs of your customers and the people who are supporting you. If you think about it from that perspective and that vein, you know, again, pure business case as to why leaders need to have this top of mind and not just doing the performative work, not just checking the boxes, as you mentioned, but truly having DEI be central to the strategy and you having some specific tactics around this is how we're going to advance these conversations, not just, you know, around Dr. Martin Luther King's birthday or around Asian American um, culture and month and some of those other things that, you know, we have to have in order for us to truly be diverse. But your diverse employees want to see actions throughout the year and not just, you know, around Juneteenth or not just around certain holidays. But what are you doing uh, consistently to truly say this is important to me and to my organization? Yeah, to integrate it in your culture in the way of thinking and integrate it as part of your strategy. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. What What other things can leaders do to be a catalyst for change in this area? Anything that you haven't touched on that you think would be useful for them to think about or do to promote positive change? So I would say the other part of it is not only the strategy, having the resources around it. 
Right. So sometimes I have conversations with leaders and with organizations who say that diversity is important for them, that leadership equity is important for them, but they don't really have a system in place. They don't really have the resources in place to drive the conversations and also drive actions. So putting people and dollars around advancing these conversations and advancing strategies so that you can be be that employer of choice that truly is focusing on DEI, but not only DEI, belonging as well as justice. Because again, kind of going back to the data and what various generations of employees are saying that they are wanting right now. If you look at some of that workforce data, people say that diversity is important, that they want to be in organizations that are focusing not only on the business at hand, but also on social impact and on some of these other conversations. So that means you have to have a strategy. That means that you've got to have people who are advancing this effort. You've got to have um, things in place so that you can have the conversations such as unconscious bias training and weaving that through everything that you're doing from your leadership team all the way down to your frontline associates. And not just doing that, you know, one or two times, but really making that a part of uh, your training and what you're doing. I would also say, Other opportunities are things like leadership development programs and ensuring that you have career paths for various segments of your workforce and your population because people want to know, you know, I'm doing my life's best work here, but what is my career path going to be not only for today, but for uh, the future? It's also looking at things like investing in business resource groups or employee resource groups, or they may be known as affinity groups in some organizations. So how can you create communities of like people so that they feel like that they have connections so that they can be engaged with um, other individuals like them and have their own safe spaces, but also to try to support the strategic uh, goals of the organization. So, you know, again, leadership training is is uh, strategic plans, is resources, is um, ERGs and affinity groups. Um, It's all of those things that's given people the opportunities to, again, feel uh, seen, be heard, be valued, feel like their differences are valued and respected, and that they can see that you're doing the work and you're committed to it. So those are some of the strategies and some of the tactics that I would say off the top of my head, the best performing organizations are doing. Yeah, that's that's great. And I'm, I'm curious, I'm guessing you would agree that it's really every leader's responsibility. Like some, there's some organizations that may have a DEI officer or whatnot, and there's the temptation to think, oh, that's their responsibility, right, to drive this. So, um, but I think the best organizations really infuse that among all their leaders so that they see that everyone's responsible or accountable. Absolutely. And you just hit something that we hadn't had an opportunity to touch on, but it is all leaders' responsibility. So even though there are some organizations who are out there who have hired chief diversity officers, which I think is an absolutely important uh, position, and they have entire teams around diversity, it can't rest with one person or one team. It really starts at the top. So whether that's the CEO, whether that's the governing board, but it starts at the top and should uh, go deep into the organization in terms of the importance of the conversations and truly weaving it into the business fabric of what the organization is doing. And, you know, one of the best ways to do that is to have a framework around 
how you're going to have measurable goals and data so that you can evaluate, well, how is my organization doing in terms of hiring diverse in terms of hiring diverse associates? How are we looking at things like equitable compensation across the board? Um, and tying this, you know, there's a couple of organizations around the country who have decided this is so important. We're going to tie this to compensation of our leaders and have metrics around. Uh, yeah, so, that's incentive. Yeah, <laughs> that's incentive, right? Yeah, yeah. So there's some some leaders who might say we're trying to find underrepresented talent in the marketplace. What would you suggest? People are out there. What are some of the ways that, that employers can find some of the talent that they really are looking for and are claiming that, you know, they're having challenges? That from? they can't find? Yeah. Yes. Well, it's being intentional about where are you looking for your talent, right? It's about opening up that aperture and really being creative and innovative and looking in places you may not have uh, looked previously. So there are so many institutions. If we want to talk about our early careerists and people who are at the very beginning stages of their careers, there are HBCUs, so historically Black colleges and universities. There are a number of them across the country. So that is a perfect um, opportunity for you to start to build connection, build relationships with HBCUs who are producing scores and scores of talented uh, Black students in just about every area there is. There are also Hispanic-serving institutions, and there are other institutions that have been dedicated, even though they're open to all, um, but they have been dedicated to serving these marginalized communities. That's an outstanding opportunity for you to, and your organization, to connect with, offering internship opportunities, um, offering fellowship and other opportunities for them to come in kind of on the ground floor, if you will, going into leadership development programs and getting those shadowing opportunities, getting those developmental opportunities and being on a career track. I would also say it's partnerships with communities, with high schools and middle schools. And there's so many different ways that you can tap into the resources within your own community. I would also say tapping into professional organizations and professional associations that are serving marginalized communities. Um, you know, I can think of a few off the top of my head, uh, such as the National Black MBA Association, or I'm in healthcare. So the National Association of Health Services Executives. There are so many different organizations that are out there that are serving Black professionals or um, Asian American professionals. And so I would encourage organizations and these senior leaders to look at those um, as good pipelines for underrepresented talent because we are out there and we are out there in full force. You yes, I know. Yeah. Right. But it's also not just having that pipeline, it's looking internally at what are your policies around hiring, around selecting, around identifying talent, and have you done everything that you need to do as an organization to ensure that you're removing bias from hiring decisions? Because sometimes even though there's a whole cadre of people who are out there who are underrepresented, they may not be able to get through your system. Right. If you've not done the work that you need to do internally. So I think that's another very important piece of the puzzle as well. 
Yeah. Gosh, we could go on and on going down any one of these trails. <laughs> yes. <laughs> on what we're talking about. There's so much to it, yeah, right? There is, but I, I so appreciate your sharing just some of the uh, initial ideas that leaders do need to be thinking about. And before we wrap up, I wanted to to mention your book and yeah, let you speak to that because I know it's fresh, uh, yes. hot off the press and would, would love to know more about your book and why you wrote it, who it's for. Absolutely. So my book is called Unwritten Insights, a career playbook for leaders of color. And what I say is this book is what I wish I had when I started out my leadership career, because I came to the table with multiple master's degrees and, you know, didn't have any work experience at the beginning of my career. But as I grew, um, especially in my leadership journey, there were just some things that, you know, I felt like were unwritten that nobody told me that, you know, wasn't written down in a book. But I had to figure out these things, sometimes the hard way on how do you advance your career, but then how do you have that staying power? Because it's not enough to advance your career. You also have to figure out, well, how are you going to be successful and really uh, stay in this position or um, in this organization? It's not about me, even though I share some personal stories. Um, I share a lot of data. I talk about the environment that leaders of color are facing right now. I share some statistics, uh, but I also took the time to interview a number of Black executives from a variety of industries around the country to also get their insights so that they could further elucidate on some of the things that I talked about. Um, everything from what does it take to secure senior executive sponsors to your personal brand to navigating corporate politics and just yeah. on and on and on. So it I is really, a playbook. <laughs> it is a playbook, right? Like I wanted it to be yeah. actionable and good tips. So it's really for people who are trying to figure out how to advance their careers and how to navigate, but it's also for champions of underrepresented talent is for people who are allies who want to understand what are the things that your underrepresented talent are dealing with and how can I be a better champion? How can I be a better ally? But most of all, how can I be a sponsor and open up the doors for people to have access to these opportunities? So I'm so excited about it. Uh, it's definitely taken off and, you know, with venues such as this, I get the chance to talk about the book. Uh, you can purchase the book from Amazon or any major uh, book retailer from Barnes and Noble, Target. Uh, so definitely support me and would love to hear from you all and have more conversations about this book. Fantastic. Well, I'll be sure to include a link to that in the show notes. And what's the best way to reach out to you if they're curious to learn more about you or your work? You can reach out to me directly via my website, which is www.watchmeexcel.com. So that's one way. LinkedIn, of course, is a very popular way. Please reach out via connection. Uh, let's talk through Messenger. Uh, you can call me. Uh, my office number is 817-697-1413. Follow my company on uh, the social media channels. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. Uh, I have a personal page and a company. Goodness, you're everywhere. So, yes. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. I feel like these days you got to be everywhere. Yeah. Right? <laughs> yeah. Well, that's so, yeah. great. 
great. Well, I can't thank you enough for talking about this issue. I don't think it's one that I've talked about um, directly on this show before. So I so appreciate that. As I continue to watch you excel as you go forward, I congratulate you on your book and all the success. And again, just appreciate the insights and uh, approaches that you shared today to help leaders who really do care about these issues and want to to be more progressive in their organizations. Absolutely. Well, I thank you so much. I definitely felt that we had lots of chemistry when we met and I'm pilot that we finally had an opportunity to sit down and chat for a little while. So super excited about being connected to you and just appreciate the opportunity to be here. Great. Well, I look forward to staying in touch. And for everyone else listening in, I hope you have a great rest of the week doing the work that matters to you. Thanks for tuning in. And as always, be sure to share this episode with someone else who might benefit or leave a review. You can join my email list by going to workmatters.com so you don't miss an episode. And there you can learn more about ways we serve mission-driven leaders like you. If there's a challenge you want to discuss, I'd love to hear from you. In the meantime, keep growing as a leader, inspiring change, and doing the work that matters to you.